on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. We are the new generations of business owners. With this new era where everything is digital, where communication is like instant, you can't afford to be the guy that's not doing anything, not knowing people, waiting on referrals from past customers or whatnot. You got to go out. You got to show yourself. You got to let people know what you're doing and why you're the best at it. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Fernando Perez here on the King stage, a fellow Kansas Cityan. My brother, how you doing? Hey, pretty good, Chaz. Thank you for having me on your show. Very excited, very excited. Well, I'm glad that you're here, man. And, you know, I've said this a handful of times when I've had other Kansas Cityans here on the show. It's like, man, I've got to get a, a, a studio where it's not just me, but I can invite some people over because, gosh, we probably had 15 or 20 Kansas Cityans on the show at this point. And so, I again, I just appreciate you tuning in and, and helping us out, even though you might just only be like 20 minutes from me. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that far, but but we're going to bring some value here to, to the uh, listeners. What kind of business right. do you got, brother? So I own two businesses. One of my businesses is real estate. It's called Flip It KC. As the name says, we flip houses in the KC metro area. And my second business is called FNJ Services. We are a remodeling, house remodeling and outdoor living services. We do high-end outdoor living. Yeah, man. So if you're in Kansas City and you need a need a, an outdoor kitchen or a high-end remodel, this is your guy. Um, the guy. Love the perspective and and all the different things that you're going to bring to this conversation, especially since you're on the real estate side as well. We're going to have lots to talk about. Before we jump in, though, Fernando, you're a young guy like me. You're 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 hard after it, I'm sure. Even though you've already had a bunch of success, so my question is, you're at this level. Why not just sail away into the sunset, take all your money and run? Why are you still building this thing? Why are you after it hardcore like I am? There's no way that I'm taking the money and just running away. If I'm at this point, the success, I'm just going to keep pushing and going further and further because I already made it this far. So one of the things that like keeps me going, it's my family. I have a wife. I have two daughters. They're three years old. And my second daughter is turning one on Friday. So everything I do, I do thinking of them. And also my parents, they are... We're not from original from Kansas. We're, I was born in Venezuela. My parents are Venezuelan. So they moved here back in 2014. We all moved here back in 2014. And one of the things that I said was like, well, my dad was a contractor. He owned his business there and all that. Wow. And they left everything behind. So me and my sister could have a better life here in the wow. US, you know, following the American, the American dream. So I feel that I have the purpose and I, I have to repay that debt with my parents, like of them making that sacrifice for me to be successful. So the only way that I can pay it back 
it's been successful. Yeah, I love that. So cut and dry, you know, honestly, the way that you say it, it it's not it's not a weight, the debt that you're paying back. It's a it's a it's an honor, actually. Would you, would you agree? It is because since I was little, my dad was an entrepreneur. He owned his businesses. He owned land and raised cattle and all that. And I was raised with that mentality of like, I never saw him like punching in and punching out a nine to five job or whatnot. So right. I was like, I want that. I want to be able to say, well, today I'm just going to spend the day with my family or go do what I want. And that's he did it. And I think that's great. And I wanted to do it so he can see that I was successful and that I reached what he wanted me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just appreciate that perspective because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs, even like me, who are here today listening to your story, who are first time generation, right? First time entrepreneurs or first generation entrepreneurs. And where your dad is maybe first generation and we're like, okay, we're building something and I'm going to have a son like you who's who gets to grow up in this environment of entrepreneurialism and, and mindset and be able to see like, okay, what's he or even my daughters, what are they going to, what are they going to come out with this on the other side? You know, that stuff gets me fired up when I really start thinking about it and even doing deals yeah. with their kids. That's, that's right. actually probably what gets really gets me fired up in the mornings. But Fernando, I appreciate that perspective of legacy and, and almost like forwards and backwards. Like you get this, you know, this forward family that you're fighting for every day. And then you got this major piece of gratitude that, you know, you, you owe in an honoring way, you know, to your, to your mom and, and a dad would, for making such a big move. Do you think that like, have you always been on the trajectory because of those two things? Obviously you haven't always been married. You haven't always had a couple of little girls, but you've, you know, had this perspective of entrepreneurialism from your family. Have you always known you wanted to be a business owner or did you, did you, play around with other things first or did you just go right into it? Well, you know, I actually went to school for civil engineer and I graduated and all that. And I thought, I considered the thought of like, well, maybe I'll just go work for a company and grow that way because, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's some people that can just go and work for somebody. But then I started like, I did a list with a pros and cons of working for somebody else instead of just starting my own business. And I was like, yeah. you know, even the even though the path might be harder having my own business and I will have to do more sacrifices, I rather take that chance and enjoy the rewards after right. I have done it right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's there's probably some folks that are listening that are like that, you know, but at the end of the day, you've got to have, I guess, you know, I guess it's just a, a gratefulness to, to be able to navigate in both spots. Cause, cause you say there's nothing wrong with having a job, but I think everybody listening today is like, heck no, man. <laughs> right. I'm not trying to go down that path. And, and also we've probably been down the path of doing our own thing for a long time. We couldn't imagine working for somebody else, but it's cool to, to hear that. So tell us, tell us how, like the beginnings of it. Like, I know you just said you kind of always felt that way, but like, what was the beginning? What did it actually look like? Did you, you just started doing some landscaping for somebody and said, screw the screw the degree I just got. What, what did that actually look like? So it's kind of funny because once I actually got out of college and then I decided I wasn't going to work for a corporate business, I started doing like small stuff, like working at this landscaping company and like being the crew chief and whatnot. And then I realized that this company that I work for, I'm not going to say names, but they had like many flaws that I saw that were easy to like fix and be more efficient. And I was like, yeah. man, if they can do it, 
and they can make money even though they're not doing it the most efficient way, I can jump in and if I do it right, I can make money out of this. That's and right. that's kind of how I started. One day, contractor, my friend Zach, who I'm thankful for, he called me and he said like, hey man, do you want to come work for me? I was still at the landscaping company. And I was like, well, what do you have to offer? And he offered me a good deal. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. After one year working with him and all that, I started lining up my own projects. I told him, hey, Zach, you know, I like working with you, but I kind of want to do my own thing, as I always been telling you. It's like, cool, man. So I started with FNJ. I booked my first project in November of 2016. It was a painting project. I have no clue. I have no idea. But the customer asked me, like, hey, do you guys do painting? I was like, yes, we do. <laughs> and, and that's how it started that's how it all went off there like that's awesome that's yeah. it's, it, with a simple yes right yeah i'm sure that uh, you've you've said a lot of yeses along the way and you're probably now more focused on the nose but i'm sure we'll get to that here in a little bit i want to know especially maybe early on when you were ta just talking about maybe you know building those first couple of years because you've been successful man like you know, looking back, I mean, I know it hasn't always been, you know, probably the easiest, but you've been successful. You know, you 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 started with literally nothing. When I'm sure when your family moved here, there wasn't a whole lot of luggage that came with you, you know, so your story is inspiring. But in those first couple of years, what was a good decision that you made? Right? So you're a young guy, you're you're saying yes to some stuff that you don't even have a clue how to do. <laughs> what was something that you did that you're like, man, I would do this over and over and over again? Save my money and don't go crazy after like started bringing in money after the couple first few projects. Like people will, I have friends that they will go and buy a fancy truck or whatnot, go on a vacation. I was like, well, I have this money. I need to buy more equipment. I need to reinvest it. And that's how we went from there. That's awesome. Yeah, not being money safe. What do you think that that came from? Is that is that a like a, a principle that your parents instilled in you, or did you just happen to have that inside you? What? That was one hundred percent my dad. My dad, he as him being a business owner, he told me like, "Hey man, you can't go crazy whenever you start making money. You gotta reinvest it because if not." You're going to be successful a couple of years and then you're going to have so much debt. You'll have to like close. It. So, okay. Yeah. 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 There's, there's wisdom in that. And I think actually I've seen this from, you know, several times friends have started businesses and stuff, especially in the home services, because, you know, you can, you can, you can jump on and build a home service business pretty quickly. Even still the stats are still the same. I mean, less than 9% of businesses do over a million, but you can make some good money, even if you're smaller than that. And the point is this, is that, I've seen a lot of businesses get started and buy the truck or even spend money re reinvesting. Like maybe it's in, in an advertising campaign or in a fancy website or in a lot of things that we that we think are good moves. The point being is that we spend a lot of money real quick, right. um, which I think is actually the underlying principle that your dad was sharing. Yes, you want to reinvest. Yes, you want to be, you know, like ready for growth and stuff like that. But sometimes it's just a matter of like, like live below your means personally and in the business. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Yeah. For several years, I didn't take a vacation. I, my truck was like a used company truck, all that. And I was just yeah. driving around with a notebook and all that. That's like, I don't need an iPad. I don't need a truck of the year. You know, I did get a website. I did get some advertising, the stuff that yep. you want to do, but yep. nothing super crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's super like practical things inside of the conversation that we're having, even at a bigger level. Like, okay, so you and you and I are successful now, and maybe we can take a vacation or we can buy a nice truck or whatever. But I still think, and I try to at this point make sure that it's not limited thinking, but I try to think, is this something that it's like a lever? Is this is this a lever that I can pull that gets that gets me a, a greater output than than the current input? And right. uh, and I think when you think like that, then you start not necessarily second guessing things of you know, don't spend money or being lack minded, but more so like strategic and going, okay, well, I have, you know, 50,000 or a hundred thousand or $500,000 to spend. And it's like, okay, well, what's the greatest return that I can get? And we start thinking like that, you start like really capitalizing on every single dollar. I have found personally that a lot of the decisions on some of the fancy things of life kind of just go to the side because it's really not that great of a reward doesn't mean that we don't like nice things. My wife and I built a beautiful house here in South KC, but that was after years and years and years of, you know, doing all the stuff that you're talking about right, right now. And I still find that same mindset of going like, you know, we don't really like, that doesn't really get me a great return. So why don't I put, why don't I double down over here where this is getting me a great return? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. As a matter of fact, we used Potter house back in November and I told my wife, we're not buying a million dollar house we're not doing any of that because even though we could it's we don't need it right now we can put that money i can put that money into our business or something like that and then in the future we'll buy it and it won't be an issue for us yeah i agree 100 percent. in fact i would even i would i would align with you with a strategic moment in my life where we talked about building this house years ago and we the initial you know, ideas. My wife wrote the whole thing down on a, on a napkin. She's not architecturally inclined. I have no idea how she came up with it, but she just sat down and she's like, this is what I see, which was great. We ended up building the exact house that she wanted. It was fantastic. However, in that moment, we were starting to put these plans together and all these thoughts, and we had a little bit of money aside. And um, I, I came to her and I was like, hey, so instead of building the house now, why don't we wait another like three, four, five years? And you start like, wait a second, dude, you've already told me, you know, we've already delayed a couple of years. Right. What are you talking about? And I said, yeah, yeah. But, but if we take this little bit of money, it was, you know, a couple, couple hundred. And I'm like, if we put, if we go buy this small apartment complex, then that, that starts bringing in some, some additional passive income. And, and then this, and then that I'm, I'm, I'm like strategically putting out all the moves for, her, you know? And she's like, you know, she just shakes her head. Cause she knows me. And she's just like, gosh, dang it. Okay, fine. You know? But I'll tell you what, the, the pieces that you can put in place will later than pay for the, the thing that you want. And so right. if you just take that one little sidestep, you just get an asset that then pays for the thing that you want, rather than just paying for the thing that you want, even though I would, you know, this is still a piece of real estate, I can still sell it, but there's no income being produced here, right? Right. So if I can buy an asset that pays for it, then why, like, that's just a way better way. Would you agree? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was just reading something yesterday that said that bank loans, and this is getting off a little bit of the topic, but it says that the loans created by the banks are actually, they were created so banks could lend money out on houses because no one wanted to take money. They cannot lend money as easy on businesses because, you know, a business is a liability. It might succeed, it might fail. But if you buy in a house that's an asset, like the bank can always get money out of it. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. That's awesome. Well, so I want to know, I'm going to flip the coin here, and I want to know of a bad decision that you made, something that you've done that you can tell us about and we can stay far, far away from those bruises. 
maybe not stay away, but like the bad decision that I had was like, I brought in a partner in for my business for FMJ services. I thought we were ready to expand and escalate to the actual next level. And it was probably the worst decision I ever made. Wow. Okay. Tell us more. Why did, why was that the wrong decision at that time? It just, it just didn't work out very well. I think we were on the same page. I was definitely put in uh, more of more amount of work than what I was doing previously just by myself. So that's kind of what I was a uh, red flag for me. I was like, well, I have somebody that I should be relying on as well. And now he's also relying on me. So I have to do twice as much. And this is like, it was taking a toll on me personally and on the business. So I was like, man, this right. can can go. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so the lesson here, you brought in somebody, you had built it up to a certain point and you were trying to bring in from somebody from the outside yeah, and just didn't meet the work ethic. Obviously communication wasn't the same, like just not in alignment. It sounds like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was kind of like bad because he was a friend of mine too. So yeah, it didn't end up well. And I don't wish that for like anybody in the industry. I will say like, if you're thinking on that, like consider it two, three, four, five times before you actually pull the trigger. Because if not, you could end up just losing a friendship or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, here we are and we're doing awesome. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe it wasn't necessarily the partnership that you needed. Maybe, maybe there is a partnership out there for you, but now you now you have maybe a better way to go about setting up the the construct for that, right? Right, right, correct. Do you think that a getting to that 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 level that you were desiring before? Do you think a partnership is is an important piece of that, or or was that just like a myth in your mind? Well, that was so. I thought it was actually a key part of my expanding process, but you know what? I came to the realization after it didn't work out, and I had to still do all that by myself. And I did it. I came to the realization. Well, that was just something that I was thinking on, but. I didn't really need it because I'm still here and I'm still taking my business to the next level. So yeah. I just had to put extra energy and just power through. But awesome. It's awesome. I appreciate the perspective there. And I think that we've all considered or thought about partnership. I, I, I have multiple partnerships that I've entered into, but you're right. A lot of it's based on, on strategic leverage and, and obviously very clear communication. What's your role? What's mine? What do we bring into the table? What's the end result? You know, how do we exit if this doesn't work out so good, right? Yeah, it's it's a whole process. It's a whole process. And just people think it's easy. And the hardest part, as you say, is like exiting whenever it doesn't work. In this case, like, how do you do it in a way that everyone's happy? Right. Unfortunately, in our case, not everyone was happy, but... It's business. What I say, business is business and a friendship or family, it's separate. So we got to handle it that way and we can all be good. We're all grown people. So that's right. That's right. Well, that's great. That's great perspective. What, what, uh, what do you use, Fernando, for decision-making steps, if you will? If something comes across your desk today, it's a big you know, financial decision or a marketing decision or a hiring decision. Is there a certain a methodology or a mindset that you follow when it comes to making good decisions? Yeah, I never, I never make a decision right at the moment of the opportunity or the decision being presented to me. I sit on it. I think about it. I still have my dad. He's still around here. So I can just talk to him, hear his right. opinion, call other fellow business owners. Yeah. Now, uh, 
hear what they have to say. And I even will go online and just do some research because, you know, I'm one of those persons that like to know everything about what I'm going to get into. It might be good or bad, but I want to know everything. So I do some research, think about it, talk to people. And once I have enough information that I can form my own idea, then that's when I proceed to make a decision. Yeah, love that. The the younger Fernando, would, would he have made decisions like that? Has that always been a skill set of yours or have you grown into that process? Now, the younger Fernando, he was very impulsive. As I said, <laughs> he will say yes to everything and mostly yes. Like I would say no to barely anything. But then I came to the realization like always saying yes at the beginning is not the best. You got to think yeah. through, you got to do your research and just think with your mind called. Yeah. Yeah. There's an instinct. There's a gut feeling, but most of the decisions that we make as business owners can, can, you can take an, a, a five minutes, two hours, a two days, whatever that right. time frame is that you need just to kind of maybe process that information. What I didn't hear you say is delay, overthink, process paralysis. I didn't hear you say any of that. I heard you say, get information, feel educated, Make a decision. Yeah, you don't want to like overthink it and you don't want to have analysis paralysis, even though I know that's pretty common, but like that's one of the things that I try to avoid because whenever you start experiencing those those symptoms, your mind, your train of thought, mind start getting cloudy, and then you just like get prejudice on your own decision making. So you don't make the right or the best decision because you're already like putting obstacles on your own mind. So it's like yeah. gotta be objective. That's what I always say. You just gotta be objective, like see everything on black and white and leave the colors on the side. Yep. Understood. I, th I think you're giving really, really good stuff. So I hope the listener is paying close attention. I want to go to the speed round here, Fernando. And my first question is always around KPIs. I say it like this. If you can only pick one thing, to track inside your real estate or inside your remodeling business, what would it be? Profit. Profit. Okay. Why? Yeah. Because I guess it's pretty simple. We are all in business to make money, right? So one of the things that I will say is like, when you have a good understanding of your profit, then you can see if you have set goals, let's say for your business and on a certain amount of profit, you can track that like goal or that percentage of success that you're having based on that. You can see, oh, well, this is not what I have projected for this month or year or whatnot. So then checking those numbers, then you right. can just actually check the other metrics then, oh, what's, not, what's going on that's not giving me the profit that I was expecting? Is it the efficiency? Is it the employees? What? But you can always check based on that. Yeah. I think that would be the best. Yeah, the mindset that Fernando is talking about right now is, is exactly why I asked this question. So obviously, if you're listening right now and you've heard any more than just one person on this show, you realize that I get answers all across the board on this question, which is great. And, and the point really is, is that there, as a business owner, there has to be some one quick metric that you, as long as I know this thing, it like tickles, trickles down, you know, to the rest of the business, which is exactly what Fernando just described. He said, you know, if I know this number here and if it's on pace, then we're good. If it's not on pace, then it tells me there's problems that there's an indicator. And so then I dig in a little further and, and that's how you work on the business as opposed to in the business. I don't necessarily need to know all the numbers underneath, although I'm not 
suggesting that you don't track other things. <laughs> don't get me wrong here, okay? There's lots of things that I track. And I think business owners like you and I know there are key metrics, key indicators, and, and you know, getting in there and making sure that either right. me or someone is managing that number makes sense. However, working on the business as opposed to in the business means you are managing a figure, not necessarily a team or not necessarily a process even. There's like multiple layers going backwards. You have to have to be, there's a team, there's people, there's a thing, there's a widget. Then there's a process that helps manage the, the, the widget. Then potentially there's a manager or a, you've got a GC or you got a, a, a foreman or someone managing the process and the people. And then as a business owner, you're managing a number that then gives the result of that division or that project or whatever. And there's certain metrics that if you follow those numbers and what Fernando is saying is that they're indicators. If it's an indicator that's showing it's off, then I dig in further. I have a follow-up meeting with this GC or this or this foreman, or I have a follow-up with a team manager or whatever. And when we dig into what the actual process is, is it a people person? Is it a process person? Is it an efficiency thing? Like all the things that he just mentioned, super good information. What would you add on to that, Fernando? Yeah, you pretty much cover everything, but that's that's exactly what I do. I check the profit and then I meet with my contractors, my subcontractors, and then we talk about it and say like, hey, so this is not what we're expecting, what happened here, then we'll figure out, well, it was a delay because of permits, it was the materials, or it, will, it was this, but you can always have an idea if something is going as smooth or not based on the right. numbers that you have projected. Yep, exactly. Love it. Okay. What book or resource would you recommend for a business owner trying to- So I read this book and it's called The E-Myth. Why, and it's called Why Most Contractor Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It. Love that it. is a good business book. And I got it actually not too long ago. I think it was like four or five months ago. And it's it's been great. It's one of the best books I read so far. Yeah. And so give us a little mindset there. What's, what's it helped you grow into even just over the last couple of months? So it just, it kind of guides you through the process. And that's one of the things that I started doing. It was just like, instead of trying to do a whole bunch of things as a business owner, or as a contractor, you got to narrow down that focus on where you're actually, what your actual function or like role in the company is instead of trying to wear all the hats and all that stuff, because then you will never take your business to the next level. Right. Or succeed yeah. for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise you stay confused. <laughs> right. Doing too many things at once. I think if, if the listener right now ha relates, they're like, they're shaking their head going, yeah, I've been there. And, or the other guys listening going, man, I, that's me right now. You know, <laughs> so grab the book. There's plenty of others like it, but that's a great recommendation. And, and there's to your point, you didn't really say this, but there's several versions of that book. E-Myth for are. contractors, E-Myth, you know, down, down the line. So I think that there's a lot of a variation, even within that system, that makes a lot of sense. Right. What would you say, Fernando, about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? I love networking. I That's actually one of the things that I encourage people to do. And I encourage my fellow contractors to do is like attend to business networking groups, just attend to like get togethers with like people in your own like industry go out to conventions, do all that stuff. I used to go back from Vegas for the International Builder Show. I was there. It was my first time. I went there by myself. And I was like, I told my wife, hey, I'm going there. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're just going to go party and gamble. I was like, no, there's just all these salesmen and all these people that are in the same industry 
that I would like for them to know me and I would like to know what they have to offer because networking, that's how you do business. I, yeah. I love networking. That's awesome. It sounds like for you, it's been not only meeting people, but strategically knowing maybe who to meet at the right spot, whether it be technology or services maybe that you can even use, which is a whole nother way of thinking. So I want to I want to dive into this just a little bit with you because a lot of contractors, a lot of business owners, but a lot of contractors are fairly close-minded, you know, to a trade show or to a convention or a cold call of someone offering a service. And it's because most business owners are just close-minded anyway, right? Most people are just afraid of change and doing something a new right. way. Why are you, why did you even go there? Like seeking out, you know, something maybe that you could use. What, what, what's inside of you that made you want to do that? Well, we are, we're the new generations of business owners. So with this new era where everything is digital, where communication is like instant and all right. that, like you can't afford to be the guy that's like not doing anything, not knowing people use like, kind of like waiting on referrals from past customers or whatnot. You got to go out. You got to show yourself. You got to let people know what you're doing and why you're the best at it. That's right. That's right. It's good stuff, man. All right. I want to know, you mentioned a few minutes ago about your your family, your beautiful wife and, and children, your daughters. How have you, even in the short time, because I know I know your daughters are young, but how how do you build your family alongside your business. I know that you're obsessed with the business because you're successful, right? You've got multiple businesses even. So I know you're like grinding and you're, and you're, and you're forward thinking and you're in there. You're like, Ooh, this is, you know, getting me excited. Just right. thinking about it. How do you apply those same obsessive principles to your marriage and to being a, well, I think if you are for you to be a successful business owner, you also got to be a successful person in life somehow, because the you can be not so good person and actually have a good business because they go together. You have to have like you have to be well personally to have to be well in your business. And I think like that's one also one of the things that I love is my wife is very supportive with me. Like it will be Sunday at 9 p.m. And she will be watching a movie and I'll be here on my tablet, just like working and doing stuff. And she'll be like, Hey, are you gonna come down? It's so, like no, I still got to work and she will understand because like she knows that this is my third child. This is my first baby. <laughs> so that's awesome. There's an understanding there. And I'm sure that there are other moments where you press in to her and and to the kiddos. Is there anything specific that you'd like to say on the things that you do to be able to press in to your family specifically? Well, what I have to say is like... Uh, don't go well go crazy about your business all the time but don't just focus on your business you gotta also have time with your family because they are a very important part of your business as well even if they're not actually having a role in it but once again your mental and your physical wellness will help you out with your business so if you have a good family if you got a, a good home at home, yeah. you are going to be good in your business because you're not going to have any of those preoccupations, any of those worries of like, well, my daughters are not doing good or well, my wife might be upset. So if we're all on the same page, then that's how stuff starts flowing the right way. Yeah. yeah. Love that. I got one last question here for you, Fernando. You ready? Yeah. Go for it. If you could whisper in the younger Fernando's ear, what would you say? 
keep doing it. You're on the right track. That's what I will say, because if I, I always think about it, I'm 31 right now. And I think about when I moved here, I was 22. I basically like moving from another country. I had no friends. I had nobody. I was just starting from scratch. So there were times where I was like, man, I wish I could ba go back to my country with my friends, whatnot, or blah, blah, blah. But then yeah. uh, right now I see all the path that I've been walking through. And even though I have had like a few bad decisions through it, like the good decisions outweigh the bad ones. So the path's never going to be easy. I tell these two Everyone, even people starting their business now, it's like, hey, the first two, three years are the hardest. Like, even if you think that you're not doing it good, don't quit. Just keep doing it. Ask people, I want to help you. I know other people out there will help you. Right. Business owners are business owners, they want other business owners to be successful. So yeah. Yeah. I always encourage people to do it. Yeah, I, I think just to give you uh, the listener, just a really quick example here. The very first thing that I opened up this podcast with was a little promotion. Fernando, I said, hey, if you're here in the Kansas City area, this might be your guy for, for a remodel. I own a remodeling company <laughs> <laughs> here in Kansas City. Like what? Now, granted, it's a, it's a portfolio company. I'm not involved in it every single day. But that just is a great example of what he just said is that I'm a fellow business owner in the same Metro who gave him a platform, a literal platform and a promotion for the same service that I offer. It's like, look, there's plenty. There's plenty. It's abundance. Right. And when you come across other people who are like that, it changes your mindset for everything. Would you agree? Correct. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I will also say is like, I want to create business owners that have my same mentality because whenever you're doing business with them, you know that they will do the right thing for their customers and their customers might be my customers. So if they do a good job, then that leaves me in a good spot. And I want that. I want people to know that we're good people, that we're quality people. We don't cut corners and we offer the best. Yeah, I love that. Those are, those are all extremely good things to be known for in business, especially if you can build a history of actually proving those things, right. which obviously you have done. So Fernando, how, if someone is in Kansas city and they want to reach out to you for remodeling or a, a high-end outdoor kitchen experience, how can they find you? Or if they're just a business owner across the country listening right now, and they want to pick your brain. How can they, they can reach me out to my cell phone. I'm pretty easy available. My cell phone number is 913-636-3607. We also have a Facebook page. If it's FJ services, we are on Instagram and we're on Google. So every major listen, I we try to be out there. So if you type F&J services, you'll be able to find us. That's awesome. Well, of course, we'll put all that in the show notes as well. Fernando, you've been incredible. You get, you've given a unique story. You know, I love, I love where you come from. Although, you know, I, I didn't come from another country, my family, I guess eventually far enough back we did, you know, but, but I, I feel related, you know, to your story, you know, growing up single mom family. So I just have mad respect for everything that you've been able to accomplish, of course, for your, your, your family, just blessings on your family and your team. And uh, thanks for being here, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more 
to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.